You're listening to the Firefighter Success Podcast. Join us as we learn from successful firefighters and fire service leaders on how to achieve excellence. When lives depend on us, success is our only option. What is going on, everyone? We are here for episode 70 of the Firefighter Success Podcast. And as we close out 2022, I want to give everyone listening a heartfelt thank you uh, for all your support, not only with the podcast, but also with the Firefighter Success book. And if you are wanting signed copies of the book or bulk order discounts, you can head to firefightersuccessbook.com. Now, my guest today is a good friend and a returning guest who just wrote and released a new book himself. Ryan Rodriguez is a firefighter paramedic who has been on the job for 16 years. He's the founder of Ignited, a company where he provides public strength training and nutrition coaching services, as well as private leadership and teamwork consulting services. Ryan also hosts the Ignited Firefighter podcast where he talks about all things fire service related in order to help his audience deal with the mental, physical, and emotional stressors of the job. And Ryan's new book is called Own It, Build a Fire Service Culture of Trust and Integrity Through Accountability. And you can learn more about his book and listen to his podcast at ignitedff.com. Ryan, welcome back to the Firefighter Success Podcast. Glad to have you back and congrats on the new book. Thanks, my brother. I appreciate it, man. I love uh, I love listening to all these conversations you have. They're they're just so important, and and I love the idea that we're getting a bunch of different perspectives from a bunch of different people all over the world. And uh, I'm just really amazed at what you're doing. I'm proud of you, buddy. Oh, thanks, Ditto, man, and thanks for all your help in uh, launching my podcast. Uh, iron sharpens iron. Am I right? Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I remember your definition of success, but if someone hasn't listened to your previous episode and your definition of what success is to you, would you mind reminding them what success is and how they can go about achieving it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be the same one. I I haven't listened to our conversation in a while, but uh, I base success or what I consider to be success on uh, achievement of goal-based objectives. And, uh, you know, it can be big, it can be small, it can be, you know, if someone's struggling with, uh, drinking alcohol, maybe it's, uh, I don't drink, I don't have a drink this week, you know, or this day even, but, Mm -hmm. uh, I really love the idea of goal-based objectives and I'm really into measuring metrics. I love statistics. I love measuring metrics. You know, I've, I've, uh, dabbled with, um, like uh, body system metrics with like a, a whoop strap or Apple mm-hmm. watch, or all of these different things. And currently I'm really in love with like my aura ring and I, I absolutely love it. I don't see going to anything else, but I love the idea of measuring metrics because I read this quote a long time ago and it really stuck with me and it's really become the foundation for how I operate in a daily manner. And it's what gets measured gets improved. Mm. And I really love the idea of taking an objective look at your goals and not just being pie in the sky, you know, not just being like, oh, it would really be nice to lose weight this year. Like that's a very general statement. Right. But if I say something like I want to lose eight pounds consistently every quarter, Mm. then that's very specific and measurable. And I can put a plan into action and 
and determine how successful I have become in that objective goal. So I define it as a, as a achieving objective goals. Mm, I love that. And that is so true about what gets measured gets improved, right? We have to have a basis or a benchmark on how to improve. We have to measure that. Mm -hmm. um, and whether that is going to the next level in the fire service with, uh, if you want to become an uh, engineer, driver, operator, if you want to be a company officer or go from the company officer level to the chief level officer, what are you doing to improve yourself? What are those metrics and benchmarks that you are hitting uh, to improve yourself. And right. as you said, it might be someone who is, uh, it might be someone who is trying to improve their health through uh, quitting alcohol or reducing their alcohol intake or mm -hmm. working out more or eating better, uh, mm -hmm. all different metrics that we can really examine about ourselves. And that really is so important for our own self-improvement. Yeah. Real quick, if you want to think about it in, in terms of what we do in the fire service and EMS, you know, what do we do every time we go on an EMS call? We get a baseline set of vitals, right? We take measurements and then we, we perform actions based on uh, what that patient is experiencing or what those numbers are telling us. And then we either make adjustments as we go, whether those, whether those interventions that we're taking are working or not. And so it's really similar right. to that. And I like the idea of relating it as much as I can to the fire service, because <laughs> I mean, that's ultimately what, right. what it is we're doing, you know, and we're so, we're so focused on that. But there are a lot of these things that we do while we're in uniform that we can apply to our lives when we're out of uniform. And I'd love to talk a little bit more about that as we go. I love it. Well, let's talk about your new book again. Congratulations. It is called Own It build a fire service culture of trust and integrity through accountability. Now let our listeners know why you wrote it and who it is for. Oh man. You know, this was kind of like a brainchild over several years. I was keeping a journal of just observations that I was making, you know, while at work or training with other organizations, um, reading articles. I would just take notes in, in a journal and I was getting, not really pressured, but encouraged to take what I had in this journal. You know, my wife was telling me to, to take what I had in this journal and compile it into a book. And I was like, boy, that, that's really not a bad idea because I've kind of already done all the legwork. I just need to mm -hmm. like organize it and, and fit it into a, a flow that works. And one of the biggest things or the biggest Achilles heels that I had seen in my experience, in my 18 years as a firefighter, paramedic, um, is accountability. You know, right. I can trace back so many problems to a lack of accountability. And we, we talk a big game of accountability on the fire scene. And that's a little bit different because we need to know where everybody is. So, you know, we can operate safely. But to me, it's a very similar, if not the same, aspect when it comes to just daily operations within our organizations. So if we're, if we're being very loose with our budget uh, and, and there's no accountability system put in place there, then we're just cutting our own throats ultimately. Mm -hmm. And right. we're, we're hindering our ability to hire new people, um, purchase more gear, you know, all of these things that help progress us as organizations, we're really just we're really just stepping in the mud ourselves. If we don't have a system of accountability in place to keep not necessarily people 
in like a fear-based mindset. And and one of the reasons I really wrote this was I I was really sick of the word accountability being looked at as a bad word. Right. I feel like a lot of people see it as like discipline, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're going to hold you accountable. And 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 people are kind of afraid of it. And uh that I'm really trying to change the perspective there because I I have really succeeded via systems of accountability. Um like I talked about goal-based objectives, like I have a system every quarter that I revisit, uh, redefine my goals, and I refine my daily objectives or the things that I can do daily to take one step closer to those goals. And that's mm-hmm. me holding myself accountable, right? And right. and that's nothing but a good thing. So I want to try to turn this perception of the word accountability into a good thing that we're embracing with each other so we can hold each other accountable we can hold ourselves accountable and through that accountability the natural byproduct is you know trust and integrity as as just a natural happening Mm. so in the book i talk about how when we're able to be transparent when we're able to hold each other accountable we can learn to trust each other inherently and and operate through integrity on a daily basis. And we really need that accountability, not only in our personal lives, but in our professional lives as well. Um, yeah. Because like you said, your definition of success is is really setting those goals, achieving those goals, um, and, and making sure that you follow through. And you have to have accountability when we're doing those things uh, to, to eventually achieve success. And uh, as you're talking about the importance of accountability, you can have it on a small level to where, you know, right now, uh, me and my best friend, we are challenging each other every day to get 50 push-ups in and 50 air squats in right now. And we check in via text. Once we're done, you know, we, we send it on to, to each other and make sure we get that done. Uh, whether it's part of our workout or standalone or whatever it is, we are making sure we get it done. And so it rolls around maybe nine o'clock at night and he hasn't texted me yet about it. I make sure I send him a text. Hey, hey, what, what are you doing? You get your pushups and the air squats yeah. done. So that, that accountability, we need yeah. that to, to stay honest with ourselves and honest with our goals. We yes. need, um, whether it's coming from within for ourselves or we need a buddy or we need someone within our organization holding us accountable to the things that we said we were going to accomplish or the things that we are promising, we need to hold ourselves accountable to that. And one of the things that I also loved about your book is that, you know, in the fire service, it's so easy for people to come up with problems, right? And complain about problems. Oh, big but what your book is all about is, is making sure that we have solutions that we can implement to the problems that that exist. And there's problems in every single kind of workplace, right? Whether it's the fire service or whether it's making widgets or whether it's selling cars or whatever it is, there's always going to be problems in every workplace. What I loved about your book was that you present solutions and how that really starts with the culture of trust and integrity. So if you don't mind, first and foremost, explain why building that culture of trust and integrity is so critical, so important for the fire service. Yeah, well, as the fire service changes, it evolves. You know, we have new tools, we have new strategies, um, we change as people. We have new new types of people coming into the fire service. You know, we have 
different generations with different mentalities. And our whole career is based on, I need to be able to trust you with my life when it comes down to it at the bare minimum, right? Like the bare minimum states that I need to be able to trust you when things are getting tough and I'm in danger. And I want to, I heard somebody say this uh, several years ago, I want to be able to not only trust you with my life, but trust you with my wife. Mm, right. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and it, it goes much deeper than just, you know, punching a clock, showing up to work, getting into uniform, punching a clock and then leaving. Right. Like our, our lifestyles are built into where we are spending a third of our lives with these people, you know, in intimate and, and like crucial settings right where where life and death hinges and we need to be able to trust each other in that and so if i can't trust you in the smallest of things how am i expected to trust you in in the biggest of things exactly and it's so crucial that we that we establish these things early on so when the time comes you know it's just like training when we put people through an academy we have them pulling so much hose off of the truck so much hose right Right. And we need to ingrain that so that when the time comes, when they're out in the field doing the job, that it's just second nature. And it's amazing to me that we don't really take that approach when it comes to building our cultures. We just mm -hmm. kind of like let it happen. Right. And then we throw some words on the wall and try to act like, you know, these are our core values. But sometimes you're looking at the core value and it's like, let's say it's let's say it's innovation, but you're still using paper reports, mm. you know? And it's like, is that really a core value of ours then? Right. Like, are, are we just fooling ourselves? Are we just lying to ourselves? Are we just choosing optics over principle? And, and to me, when you choose optics over principle, you're just setting yourself up for failure all the way around. Mm -hmm. And so this is where the, the real work gets done is when you build those systems of, of trust and integrity, through that accountability, that shared accountability that you have. Um, you, you'd mentioned a great thing that you and your buddy are doing right now. You're holding each other accountable to those push-ups and the squats, right? Every day. And I think really that's where we start. We start by asking others to hold us accountable mm. because what we're doing, what you, what you and your friend have done is you've opened up yourselves to being vulnerable. You you're at the mercy of each other, right? That's right. You're going to get that call from him. He's going to get that text from you. Hey, did you do the thing we agreed upon? <laughs> and, you know, and right there is integrity in action. Mm. And it's not a, it's not particularly a, a moral thing. And we'll talk about this in a little bit, but it's not particularly a moral thing. It's just an honest thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're being challenged to do what you said you're going to do. That's right. And by having that system of accountability, all that does is shore up that integrity to work. And so by mm. the time you go, I'm not sure how long you guys are going to do this challenge. Did you say the whole month? Uh, into January. Yeah. Through, through Christmas, through the New Year's and into January. <clears throat> okay. And so at the end of that, you guys are going to have that crucible that you have shared with each other based in accountability. So you're, you're going to come out of it on the tail end of that, knowing that 
you can trust this guy to do what he says he's going to do because you've held him to it and he has proven himself you know right and true in that thing that's right so the trust is a natural byproduct of that accountability so when we're talking about trust where does trust begin you know what is the first building block and and i'll put this little caveat to my question you can't say accountability <laughs> where does where does trust begin and, and and you kind of alluded to it uh through your answer uh, you give your your input and i'll give you my opinion on where trust begins go ahead okay honestly i think uh it it can begin uh with that vulnerability yeah like that vulnerability you shared with your buddy and being like hey I'll hold you accountable to this if you hold me accountable to this. You're opening yourself up to be held accountable to that thing. And that takes vulnerability. That takes strength. And I think uh, there's a lot of this, like, I feel like vulnerability is a bit of a buzzword right now. You know, mm -hmm. it's being thrown around a lot. Brene Brown has really made a career on it. And I really appreciate her perspective on a lot of different things. Um, but I don't like the idea of vulnerability for vulnerability's sake right mm -hmm. let's have a purpose behind it and so like with you and your partner you're you're doing these push-ups and squats there's a purpose behind it the the ultimate purpose is that you want to do this physical challenge and it's going to make you stronger in those things but look at all the wonderful byproducts that come as a result of that you've got your built-in accountability you've got the the trust and the integrity that come as a natural byproduct and it all started with you asking him to hold you accountable, you right. being vulnerable in that thing. Right. And if I would take that a step further, and I 100% I agree with you about vulnerability, and I, I'm going to take it further, I'm going to have, I'm going to say that honesty, you know, so if, yeah, just think about that, if I'm not honest, and I have to be honest in order to be vulnerable, right? So many yes. times people, people ask you, hey, how are you doing? And you just say, oh, I'm good. When you're not living the dream, right? right? <laughs> yeah, living the dream. <laughs> Pulling I'm good. out old, reliable. <laughs> right, right. And so, are you honestly good? Are you being honest with that person? Right. Um, and so, maybe you don't trust them enough to give them the truth, right? Uh, right. Maybe it's just someone who's passingly saying, "Hey, how are you doing?" But let, let's say they sit you down, right, and they notice something's not right about you, and they say, "Hey, how are you doing?" right? They look you in the eye. This is a time for, for where they put everything else aside. And they yeah. honestly ask you, how are you doing? Or maybe they go further. What is going on? What's wrong? Right? right. So in their, they, they, they put that out there, right? Um, yeah. They, they, they're investing in you and in, in your emotional state. And how are you going to respond? Are you going to lie to them? Right? Are right. you going to lack honesty? And if you can't do that, then you know you're not going to be vulnerable with them. You're not going to share your heart, your mind, your emotions. Um, and so I think that the honesty and vulnerability really go they go hand in hand when we're talking about building trust, um, not right. only in a you know platonic friend to friend relationship, but especially you know in a, a relationship with your spouse, with your significant other, right? Yeah. Um, and so uh, if we can't be honest then we can't be vulnerable and then we can't build trust. Right. And we can't have an integrity within our relationship and what we're doing. Would you agree with that? 100%. You're speaking exactly to what I'm talking about when it comes to optics over principle. So if, if someone comes up to you and is genuinely asking how you're doing, you know, like puts hands on your shoulders, like, Hey Jim, how are you doing? Right. You know, if you're choosing optics, just 
making things look good. You can be like, oh, I'm doing great, doing fine, everything's wonderful. <laughs> or you can operate on principle and be like, you know what? I've been really struggling lately with this or that, or I see you guys, uh, you know, hanging out off duty and I feel a little left out or, you know, whatever it is, mm -hmm. it's when people choose optics over principle, they're just propagating that idea of, you know, not being honest with the mm -hmm. whole situation. Right. And when we can be honest, when we can build that trust, it takes our relationships to the next level and it helps yes. us together form that team that yep. we really need within the fire service. Um, so next question for you, if you don't mind, break down the four different parts of your book. Uh, I won't give it away, so I'll let you do that. Yeah, sure. So in the book, it's it's really broken down to four different parts um, and the chapters are broken up into those parts and it's identify the problems, identify the ideal situation, formulate the strategy, and then formulate a solution. And it's really how we approach fires and EMS scenes, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about it, we show up, we identify what the problems are. We we have an ideal situation that we want to, to get to, the ideal goal. We formulate a strategy to meet those problems. And then we put into action that practical process. And so each part is filled with chapters of how we can identify the problems because how can you address the problems if you don't know what they are, right? There's mm -hmm. really there's really no possible way to do that. Um, and then you have to be able to have vision enough to see where it is you want to go or what the outcome is that you want to have happen. So speaking again to like goal-based objectives, you know, let's say if my goal for this quarter is to lose eight pounds, then I can take some steps back and figure out those smaller uh, steps that I can take towards that thing. Okay, mm -hmm. well, maybe I just stop drinking a soda every day or, you know, taking those, taking that ideal situation and then uh, taking a step back from there to help you formulate that strategy. And then you've got your, you've got your ideal situation, you've formulated your strategy, but now it's time to put that strategy into action, right? Mm -hmm. So if we show up on an EMS scene and we know that someone's uh, hypotensive and they don't have enough fluid, they're dehydrated. We can look at their blood pressure. We, we measure our metrics, right? We identify the problem. We identify that the patient needs fluid because their blood pressure is, let's say, you know, 80 over 60. Then the ideal situation and our protocols tell us that we want to make sure that their blood pressure is at least 100 systolic. So our strategy needs to be, let's refill the tank. Let's refill, let's get their fluids bumped up. And how do we do that? Through the practical process of establishing an IV and giving fluid boluses. And then reassessing. And it's really come, it comes down to that like OODA loop, you know, and uh, where you have to like observe, orient, decide, and then act. And then really we have to just continually debrief and reassess until the, the ideal situation has been achieved, right? Mm. And so each chapter is geared towards those specific four different parts and, and the steps that we can actively take uh, towards those things, because we can talk all day long about, you know, we can be a talking head all day long about these things, but until you have actionable steps that you are going to put into action, there's really no point. Mm. I mean, that is 100% truth right there. And as I said before, you know, I'm glad that you didn't just present the problems because every single firefighter can do that, present the problems, right? right? But you, you have this four-step process 
uh, identifying the problems, identifying the the ideal situation, what we want it to be, uh, and then coming up with a strategy and then implementing the practical process, the practical strategy that we're actually going to take into effect through action. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, so important uh, for a- any problem in life, right? Yeah. Not not only within the fire service, but uh, you know whether it's a relationship issue or something uh, as simple as as your car or whatever it is. We have to be able to identify the problem and then come up with what we want to achieve the strategy and implementing that strategy in a practical way. One thing, real quick, there was a uh, we've got some some new probies coming out of the academy and coming onto the trucks and. And one of the things I've noticed, one of the patterns I've noticed over the past probably, I want to say seven years, is that they are oftentimes asking for permission to solve a problem. And, <laughs> and that's one of the reasons I, I titled it Own It, you know, just uh-huh, take ownership right. of that thing. Um, so, for example, uh, one just small example, we're at the grocery store shopping for food, you know, as we do. And one of our probies observes that there's this elderly woman who's got like two carts full of food and she's putting them all into her trunk all by herself. And he looks at me and he's like, Hey, uh, can I go help her? And you know, and I'm like, you're, you're literally dressed in a uniform that symbolizes to everyone around you that you are there to help. Like by all means, exactly. take ownership yeah. of that thing that you have observed take ownership of that thing and solve it, you know? And so we turned it into a nice little learning lesson, but we all went over there and we helped her put her groceries away and it took maybe 10 minutes. But what we've been able to do is we've established ourselves as authorities in helping people, right? To the public, to that woman specifically, we showed our probie that like, when it comes to solving a problem for the betterment of someone else, you don't need to ask permission. You can just own it. That's right. That's right. And if you see a problem, solve yeah. it. No matter if it is day one or if you're even right. in the fire academy as a recruit or before that, yeah. right? Or you got 30 years on the job. Yeah. If you're a private, if you're a chief, if whatever, if you see a problem within your power that you can solve, solve Take it. Care of it. Right? Yep. You don't need to you don't need to pass it on to your company officer. You don't need to ask permission to help uh uh, a nice old lady with her groceries. Right, right. Just go ahead. Just go ahead and solve that problem if it is within your power. Um, so let's talk about what you wrote about in chapter twelve, discussing moral and amoral integrity. You wrote, "Quote: The true test of this comes when we are faced with a situation where our willingness and ability to help others puts us directly in harm's way." End quote. So. Tell our listeners what you meant by amoral and moral integrity. Yeah. And so the interesting thing, um, people typically assign the word integrity with like a moral aspect, right? Mm-hmm. And what I talk about in chapter 12 is really posing the question of, does your ability align with the claims that you've made? Mm. Like, basically, can you cash the checks your mouth is writing? You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah. That really is what it comes down to. And it doesn't matter if it's a moral or issue or not. Um, I like to think of integrity as an amoral thing, not an immoral thing, but an amoral thing. So like a bridge, you know, literally has to have integrity to hold you up as you walk across it. Mm -hmm. Now, there is no morality in that. The bridge is doing what it 
is built to do. And so I like to refocus that idea on us as individuals. Like, am I able to hold those people up when Mm. it's being asked of me? Mm. Am I doing the things every day that are shoring up my integrity? You know, and it, and it may be a moral thing. Like, am I coming to work drunk or, you know what I mean? That may be, it very well may be a moral thing, but integrity on itself is not particularly a moral issue. It merely states like, are you doing what you say you're going to do? And, and it, and it could be even like, we've all had those chiefs where they're just a bit psychotic and they have a little bit too much power and, and, you know, and you can absolutely trust them to do what they say they'll do, even if it's bad. (laughs) Yeah, they'll follow through. All right. (laughs) They're definitely going to follow through. And so the right there is a perfect example of like how it, how the morality of the integrity issue isn't the issue. Mm -hmm. The issue is, is that person or are you able to do or willing to do the thing you said you were going to do? That's right. Really, that's what it comes down to. Yep. Uh, Talk is cheap. You know, uh, words, words are great. Intentions are great, but it's our actions that really matter. And I love that within your title, you put trust and integrity together, right? Mm -hmm. And so if, when it comes to integrity, if we can't follow through, um, if we can't cash the checks, as you said, then we are not going to be trusted plain and simple. I don't care if you're a chief or a new, new probie, you will have no credibility if you um, talk, 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 but you can't cash the checks. You don't follow through with your promises or your word. Uh, you're going to lack credibility. You're going to lack respect. And mm-hmm. people are not going to trust you to uh, accomplish the mission as a team. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't care if you're CrossFit one or two certified or any of this stuff. If you show up on scene and you're unwilling to perform, then it, it doesn't matter. Like none of that stuff. <laughs> No, that's right. Matters. Yeah. <laughs> all your, you, all your certifications and you know, all the, all that training that you had in the past doesn't really matter, but if you can't cash that check, when you show yeah. up on scene, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. If you, if you're doing, if you're known as the guy who's like putting everybody through a hellacious workout every shift, right. And you're really getting after it. And then you get kicked out to a fire and on the radio, you tell alarm. This is a real thing that happened on the radio. You tell alarm, Hey, look, uh, we just got done with a really, you know, hard workout. Like, what are you telling everybody on scene? You know, it's like, why it, do we exist again? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and it's just like, I can't believe this person said this over the radio. A, and, and B, like, our whole job is to be, you know, ready. Yeah, to execute ready and able when, when our public needs us at any time. <laughs> so if you're if you're driving your crew into the dirt, thinking you're really being some amazing dude putting them through this great workout but afterward they're just trashed what good is that doing anybody that you're there to serve it does them no good so true now let's talk a little bit more about integrity and self-accountability so in chapter 18 you wrote about systems for success and you say that integrity starts with you but how do we hold ourselves accountable so why is holding ourselves accountable critically important to everything else tied to our success and our team's success. Yeah. You know, it really comes down to us as individuals. Uh, we, we are individuals operating on a team and 
if we can't be counted on within that team unit, then we are making our team weaker, right? It's mm-hmm. like the weak right. link in the chain. And so as a result, if if we're not able to hold ourselves accountable or to a standard that we've agreed to, and we've promised on an, you know, in our interview that we would do this thing and we're not holding to that standard, we're, we're weakening our team. Then in, in turn, we're weakening our shift. And as a result, we're weakening our whole organization. Mm. And, and it really starts with, with you. It really starts with us. And, uh, you, you've expressed, or you just talked about how you and your bud are doing the, the pushups and the squats. That's one element outside of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. But really, if you don't have anybody else around you, it really just comes down to you, what you're doing on your off-duty days, what you're doing on your on-duty days. What is it that you're doing to reinforce that integrity of holding others up or being there for other people? And so I really wanted to just share a tool uh, in chapter 18, where it just kind of, it's a very simple thing. It helps keep you on track to those things that you have identified are important to you. And it's, it's called the hot list and it's three important things. Now you, you everybody has their like to-do list, you know, go shopping or do this or that, pick up the dog poop, whatever it is. Like those are menial tasks. I'm talking like three non-negotiable things that absolutely Mm. must get done today to move that needle in your favor and in your Mm. organization's favor and in the people that you serve's favor, right? And this could be like you mentioned earlier. It doesn't matter if you're a firefighter. It doesn't matter if you make widgets all day. It doesn't matter. Like Toyota has this idea of Kaizen, right? Where you continually approve or you continually improve, I should say. Um, And those people on the assembly line, they're just kind of making parts all day, but they take such honor and pride in it that they produce one of the greatest products out there, one of the most durable products out there, you know? And so if we take that approach and if we can just prioritize at least three things every day that are non-negotiable that we must do to shore that up, it'll help instill that daily accountability with yourself. But it'll show the people around you that, oh, man, this guy's doing something like, Mm. let's say, for example, if one of those things is like work out for 40 minutes every day. And if you are actively doing that off duty, it's going to show when you're on duty. Right. You know, in your ability and in the way you look. Um, And then if you're on duty and you have that non-negotiable every day, I'm going to work out 40 minutes every day your crew is going to look at you taking that action and just accept that that's who you are and that's what you're going to do. So they will start to hold you to your own standard. You know, so let's say you, you, you have that agreement with yourself, right? That you're going to hold yourself or you're going to work out for 40 minutes every day. Let's say you're at work and you don't do that one day. You know, who's going to be the first person to bring it to your attention? (laughs) It's going to be your crew. Right. right. They're going to be like, oh, I thought you worked out every day. You're not doing it today. You're slipping. You know, it's <laughs> right. They're going to start holding you to that standard because you've shown them that that is your level of performance. That is that is the level of integrity that you've constructed for yourself. And I call it the hot list because it's just it's, you know, it's obviously fire related, but <laughs> it's like things that are going to help keep your fire ignited. Mm, it's going to keep I love that. you burning. Right. 
I love that. So uh, putting that into action is my next question is like, you know, you and I are all about taking action and making sure that, you know, our, our actions match our promises and our words, right? Um, and so after reading your book, you know, uh, it's going to be ton, uh, filled with a ton of great info for people uh, to do. But what is the most important thing, the best thing that they can do to put your book into action? I think one of the biggest ways that uh, it can be implemented can be through the smallest steps. Mm. And one of the ways I think that can be really effective just to even get started, because, you know, a lot of people get a bit intimidated when it comes to like starting a new process or a new way of thinking. I mean, I've said it before. I think I even said it on the last time we chatted, you know, firefighters hate two things, change in the way things are. Exactly. And so it, it's very it's very difficult to get that ball rolling, but all it takes is just a little small push, right? And then that will just, that will have that snowball effect. So I think one of the ways that we can, or the best ways that we can put this mentality into action is first identifying the problem, right? Let's identify something that we can do that, or maybe something our organization or our shift or maybe someone on our crew is struggling with, and it, and it doesn't even have to be work-related. It could be, you know, maybe my son is struggling with math or, you know, what's something that I can add into my life every day that I can work towards to shore up that integrity? How can I bridge that gap from where I'm at to where I want to be? And like I said, sometimes the end goal is very grandiose, very big. But if you just take a few steps back from that end goal, you can identify those little small steps that you can take. So, well, you know, we're, we're very, we're very fitness minded, you and I. And so I like to use those analogies a lot. So for example, if your goal is to lose 20 pounds in 2023, right? Uh, you can take a step back and be like, okay, well, how many, how, how many pounds is that, you know, a quarter. Right. And so that's going to be, well, five pounds a quarter. Right. Um, so how, what can I do? Let's take a step back even further. What can I do on a daily basis or what can I even eliminate that's hindering my progress? I know a lot of guys, you know, drink soda and a lot of guys drink energy drinks and things like that. And, and granted there's not, like there are those zero calorie or zero sugar ones, but maybe you're one of the guys who drinks uh, sugar soda. One of those things, one of those small steps you can take is to just simply remove that thing, replace it with something else. Mm -hmm. And something as small as that can be a huge catalyst for, for being successful in your ultimate goal. That, and that is literally my story to a T when I noticed uh, back when I was, 30 and not taking good care of myself. And I was starting to get a little bit of a belly um, going into my 30s. And, uh, you know, I said, all right, I need to make a change with my fitness. Uh, I was I wasn't always this this quote unquote fitness guy. Um, <laughs> and so that was me. I was drinking two sodas a day. Right. So that's an extra mm -hmm. at least 300 calories a day and probably right. Oh, 80 grams of sugar, uh, yeah. give or take. Right. And so empty calories. And so what I did was eliminate, uh, going down to one soda a day, and then I would do one soda every couple days. 
And then I would eventually do one soda per week. And then I would switch to diet. And then I eliminated soda completely uh, through uh, with my diet. And so mm-hmm. what happened, and I did this over a course of, you know, six to nine months or so. But what happened, literally, I did not change, you know, my workout habits or anything else like that. Uh, but what happened is I easily lost 10 to 15 pounds by just eliminating those two sodas per day. Isn't that uh, incredible? Isn't, I mean, it, is, it really is. And, and it yeah. goes back to exactly what you were saying. All right. I identify the problem. I'm starting to gain weight and I need to uh, eliminate uh, this soda, right? Uh, am I going to be able to do it right away? Cold Turkey? No, that's not how me personally, that's not how I'm able to do things. So that's why I went step by step, you know, yep. I went down from two sodas to one soda down to every couple of days, down to a week, down to diet and then eliminating it. So, um, whatever that pathway to success is for you and the, the issue or problem that you want to solve, that's, that's going to be up to you. Yeah. Um, but as, as Dan Kerrigan and I say with firefighter functional fitness all the time, you know, do what you like, right? I am not a yeah. runner. I, I do not like running. I like doing high intensity interval training and stuff like yeah. that, but I do not like going on long distance runs. Yeah. Same, same man. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so, so I'm, that's not something that interests me, but you know, if it's a four minute quick high intensity session that I can do and get it done, um, and get my heart rate up, I'm going to do that. Right. Yeah. And so instead of running for two hours a day, <laughs> uh, that, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm sure everybody has their own things that they like doing and not like doing, but do what you like and start small with whatever the problem is, start small and do what you like and make progress. And one thing I just want to add to with uh, what you said is starting small and, and, and practicing good habits is consistency. I mean, consistency when it comes to our success is so important. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, one of my favorite analogies, I live in the Grand Canyon state in Arizona. And uh, one of my favorite analogies is is the Grand Canyon. Right. You know, I mean, consistency over time, right, has created one of the wonders of the world. Right. And the and it's just a small consistency over time. Yeah. And, and, and it. And it's created something beautiful. And look at like just with your story, the whole soda thing. It's like one small consistent step or removal of something from your life can create something amazing. Yep. Amen to that. You know, consistency is neither magical. Uh, it, it's just the practicing the same practical steps over and over again. And I believe Jim Rohn said that that was a paraphrased version, but yeah, you know, it's yeah. not, it's not right. magical, you know, achieving success is uh, applying those consistent habits over and over and over again. Well, last question for you before we wrap up, um, you know, you do a lot of cool things with the uh, ignited firefighter. You got the podcast, you got the book, uh, but you also have a group called the forge. So tell our listeners what that's all about and how they can join. Yeah, absolutely. So the forge is is kind of a brainchild of uh, pretty much everything that we've discussed today. Um, <laughs> it's really um, me formulating an exclusive group that's designed to introduce the different levels of this practical integrity and accountability that I'm talking about into our lives. Mm. And what this does is it fosters personal growth, it fosters professional growth. And uh, I talked about it in one of my most recent episodes. Uh, I, I named my movement or, or my website and the podcast, the Ignited Firefighter Podcast, right? And I'm basing 
my my moves i'm basing my modalities in my knowledge and experience as a firefighter but that doesn't mean my my practices and the tools that i incorporate are strictly are only available to firefighters mm-hmm. so my idea of the ignited firefighter is like am i i'm asking myself this question like am i the firefighter that i would want on my crew right am i the physical fit am i physically fit am i mentally sound am i making rude comments am i you know am i being a jerk to people how what kind of a roommate am i and so like everything that i'm doing is is measured up against that ideal of the ignited firefighter Mm. and and i don't i don't consider myself the ignited firefighter it's merely the ideal version of myself that i'm trying to to uh you know achieve right and so the idea behind the forge is like i said it's an, an exclusive group to help us refine ourselves to becoming that person whatever it may be whatever we've instilled that that person in our minds right and so oftentimes we as as i mean i want to say firefighters but as people, we're so focused on on playing the role of hero to everyone else that we forget to spend time focusing on our own needs. And mm-hmm. when this happens, the the pillars of our lives they start to crumble, and as a result, we suffer. And then the people we love, the people around us, suffer. And sometimes we're the cause of these crumbling pillars, and sometimes we're at the mercy of circumstance. But regardless of what situation we're in, we have the ability to choose something better. And if we don't make that choice, then we'll continue down that darkness that's waiting for us to give in, right? Frustration, anger, anxiety, depression, all of these things that are knocking at our door. But if we step into the role of the hero of our own lives, then we can identify what it is we want. We can formulate a plan on how to get there. And we can take daily actionable steps to close that gap. Mm. And so with the forge, I'm acting as the guide to helping people bridge that gap. And I do it on like a quarterly basis where our next cohort starts January 1st. Um, I do it four times a year. And the goal is to keep you in it throughout the whole year, because we're going to break that year down into those four different quarters. But within the group, within the forge, within that 12 weeks together, I use a custom framework to identify what it is that, that people would like to refine in, in these four specific categories, fitness, intellect relationships and energy right because we're keeping our internal fire lit you like that (laughs) i love it and then uh, we also have a a cohort reading selection that's going to give us perspective on some some life principles expand our understanding and provide some perspective like i said but along with that i've constructed a my wife and i we actually put together like a 50-page workbook to go along with that reading selection so we're going to work through these tough introspective questions and help us identify who we are and where we want to go. And not only that, of course, you know, there's going to be a, a, a system of accountability built in there. So every week I have a personal meeting with members of the forge and I can even meet with, you know, you one-on-one, but I have a, a zoom meeting, like a standing meeting every week where we review how we've done, where we review what needs to be shored up moving forward and maybe if we need to make adjustments along the way so Mm. it's like a multi-tiered system of accountability geared towards uh progression and growth in your personal and professional life so i'm really excited about it 
Um, this is going to be the inaugural group in January, and uh, we've already got a good amount of people in there ready to go. So I love it. And is the best way to join that and get more info on that through your website? Yeah, um, basically, there's going to be a link on the website. I'm kind of revamping the website right now, but there's there'll be a link there. Um, but if you go to any of my socials, like on Instagram, anywhere at Ignited FF, and click on my bio, there'll be links to the application where you fill it out. And it's just a way for me to get to know you. And then we schedule like a one-on-one call and we just have a chat, see what it is you're looking for. And hopefully what I have to offer is a good fit. We get you all squared away. I send you your uh, Forge toolkit, which consists of all the things I just talked about, which is included in the price. And then we'll just hit the ground running January 1. Mm, that's awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on the podcast, brother. And uh, again, let our listeners know your website, how they can connect with you on social media and how they can get your book. Awesome. Yeah. So the book is on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle or uh, soft cover. And then on the website, uh, www.ignitedff.com. I've opened it up so you can get signed copies if you want personalized signed copies to send to anyone or one for yourself. There's a way to order them through that. And uh, if you want to follow me on any social media, I'm at IgnitedFF on Twitter, Ignited or uh, Instagram. And uh, you can find me on Facebook as well. And there is a there is a podcast community that I've created uh, for people who who listen to the podcast where we can like share ideas and, and comment about the different issues that I talk about and ask questions and just basically bond as brothers, you know, all over the world. There's people from all over the world in this group. And I've really gotten some great enlightenment from, from these people who are adding to the conversation. So if, if that's something you want to be a part of, you can find it on, uh, on Facebook. If you just do a search for ignited firefighter podcast, the group will come up and then you just click to join. Well, perfect. Thanks again for coming on, brother. And to all those out there listening, stay fit, stay safe. And remember, when lives depend on us, success is our only option. Thanks for listening to the Firefighter Success Podcast. Go to firefightersuccessbook.com to learn more about the book, Firefighter Success, 20 C's to Firefighter Excellence. At the website, you can also download the free special report, 101 Rules for Firefighter Success.